everyone. Hopefully that song there got your, your blood flowing and got you thinking and focusing about the, the truth that, you know, that song says, He shall reign forevermore, but the, the truth we have in the world that we're living in today is that He is reigning and will reign forevermore. Um, the Lord Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, and what a more, can think of a more wonderful way to start our worship service together this morning as we look forward to Christmas, which is just a couple of weeks away. I'm thankful for those musicians that lead us in worship, and I'm thankful for, for Eva sharing uh, for the need about Lottie Moon. Just a reminder that our, our church goal is $4,500, and every bit of that goes to help mission work um, literally around the world. And so um, as you give, um, that goes toward um, the investment in sharing the gospel around the world. But welcome this morning. It's, it's good to see you. We're going to continue to worship as we look at the light of Christmas on our way toward Christmas morning. And if you're visiting here this morning, um, we're glad to, to have you here. If you're regular folks, um, welcome back. And um, it is a wonderful opportunity to worship together. If you 
might have noticed in the bulletin there's a card like this. We um, use this to communicate with one another. And um, so if you have questions, and Jeff, I don't know where you are, but I can, I'm getting like tons of feedback and all I hear is myself. And it's just, I'm afraid it's about to start making a lot of noise like it did earlier. So oh, that seems better. So this is, sorry about that. So this is the way that we communicate. So if you have questions, concerns, if you want to share a prayer request, just jot it on this little card. Put it in the offering plate when we pass it around in just a moment, and it'll get to the church office. And please just let us know if you do share an email, um, a prayer request, whether it's all right if we email that out or you'd like us just to keep that um, in the office. Um, I would like to highlight a few things before we read together from Luke chapter 1, and we'll start in verse 68. The first thing is we want to invite you tonight to our our Cross Timber Church-wide Christmas party tonight, 6 o'clock here um, in the sanctuary. We'll, um, we'll enjoy uh, food, fun, and fellowship together. Your part is just to come and to bring your favorite finger food. Um, that can be something savory. It can be something sweet. But we'll enjoy that um, food together. We'll also take time to sing some Christmas carols, play some Christmas games around the table, and most importantly, just fellowship and give glory to to God. So that's 6 o'clock tonight here in the sanctuary, so please come and be a part of that. Next Sunday morning, which is the 18th of December, we'll be having a called business meeting. Um, two purposes there, two items on the agenda. One is to um, consider our proposed budget for 2023. Um, there was a letter mailed out this week. There was also an email sent out with an attachment, and if you still didn't receive one, there are copies available um, out in the foyer. Um, there was a discussion time this morning. There will be a, a discussion opportunity after service this morning. John will be hanging around if you have questions about the budget, or there will be an additional time to ask and get questions answered on the 18th at 9 o'clock. If, if those times don't fit your schedule, um, you can just feel free to contact um, John. Um, he's our church treasurer. You can contact Kim Creamer. She's the chairman of the finance committee, or you can filter that through the church office, and we'll get that um, to the right folks. But that budget vote will be next Sunday morning, right after our morning service. And there's a second item on um, the agenda for our called business meeting, and that is a recommendation from our church staffing committee that was formed in one of our business meetings. And that is the recommendation of that committee um, to call Jeff Jones to be our, our student minister. Um, this committee has met, they've prayed, considered, they've interviewed Jeff, and it is their recommendation um, that we call Jeff to be our student minister. And there was a letter included in that mail-out that had um, information about that as well as a job description. And so both of those items will be um, voted on next Sunday morning right after our business meeting. So if you have any questions concerning those, please ask, and we'll do our best to answer those. Um, you can see other dates and times in the bulletin. Also, just want to point out, um, I did want to point out probably nothing else. Oh, I wanted to, I wanted to start to encourage you now to invite folks to Christmas Eve service on um, it's the Saturday evening before Christmas at six o'clock it only lasts about 30 minutes it's the time of the year where people are more um, welcome to attending services and they found out just through the years that people are very open to attending a Christmas Eve service so if you have opportunity just to invite someone say hey you know I don't know what you do on Christmas Eve but um, you know we have a candlelight service at our church it's about 30 minutes we sing Christmas songs and it really helps us get ready to celebrate Christmas. We'd love to have you come. You know, it starts at 6, we're done by 6.30, and hey, you know, why don't you come and step by me? And why don't you just 
maybe make that a challenge to invite two or three people and just see what God does and see if people are open to that. So invite people and plan to attend our Christmas Eve service on the 24th. Um, I'd like for us to read this morning from Luke chapter 1, starting there in verse number 68. These are the words of, of Zechariah, um, father of John the Baptist, speaking um, words after being filled with the Spirit about the coming Messiah, the Lord Jesus. And just listen to what he says here in verse 68. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us. In the house of his servant David, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us, to show the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath that he swore to our father Abraham to grant us that we, being delivered from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet in the way of peace. Gentlemen, will you come to receive our offering today? Father God, Lord, thank you for the many blessings that we received from you. Thank you for your son, Jesus, Lord, and your abundance, God, that you are. Lord, we just at this time would like to give back what's rightfully right yours, Lord. And we just ask that you uh, send it along the kingdom and open our hearts and our eyes to the words you've spoken. And we just ask these in your name. Gather round ye children, come Listen to the old, old story Of the power of death undone By an infant born of glory Son of God Son of man Gather round, remember now Son of God, Son of Man. So sing out with joy for the brave little boy who was God, but he made himself nothing. Well, he gave up his pride and he came here to die like men. Therefore God exalted him. 
That is the very name of Jesus, Son of God. We would sing out with joy for the brave little boy who was God, but he made himself nothing. Well, he gave up his pride and he came here to die like a man. Then earth and below, every knee would bow in worship. Every tongue would proclaim that Jesus, he reigns with the angels. So, oh, sing out with joy for the brave little who was God, but he made himself nothing. Well, he gave up his pride and came here to die like man. Together round, ye children come. Listen to the old, old story of the power of death undone by an infant born of glory. Would you stand and sing with us this morning?
two page turns there. <laughs>
king like this, majesty laying in a manger, king like this, unto us is born a savior, the light, the light has come, king like this, highest name in the song of heaven, king like this, born of flesh into our suffering, the light, the light has come, he is Christ the I don't know about y'all, but when I sing O Holy Night, the voice inside my head sounds something like Michael Buble, um, Andrea Bocelli, or Josh Groban, but the words that come out of my mouth just simply, they, they don't really maybe quite measure up to that, but I encourage you, if you like that song and you're in the privacy of your own vehicle, sing loud and sing proud, 
and you will sound like whoever you can turn the radio up loud enough to overcome your voice. No, but that is a wonderful song um, that reminds us of just the goodness and the greatness of our Savior. You know, I was looking down at our, our decorations here before um, coming up, and I was thinking, you know, so so what do we have here? We have we have an empty manger and an empty cross. Because you know what? We serve a risen Savior. We serve an exalted Lord. We serve the one who is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And because he came as a baby, he lived as a man, he died as our Savior, we too can have life in him. And if you don't get a stinking thing for Christmas under the tree, that is the best gift you will ever get. And that is just, that's the truth. And so we are excited to to continue celebrating the coming of the light of Christ. We looked at Isaiah chapter 9 last week and learned about the people that were walking in darkness had seen a great light. And we reminded ourselves that people still today walk in darkness and there is darkness all around us. But just like we sang in those words of that last song, the light has come. And this morning we turn to John chapter 1 and we'll look together at what John says about Jesus, that he is the light and the life of men. Now way before you and I were were born, or anybody was born, out of the darkness, these words were spoken. Let there be light. And you know what? There was light. God spoke and creation was formed. Every piece of this earth, every animal, every insect. And then God reaches down and forms out of the dust a man he calls Adam. He breathes life into his nostrils. And at that point, man was alive. Not long after that, God said it's not good for man to be alone. So God made Eve, a female, to be Adam's wife. And God looked around at all of his creation, and he proclaimed, it was good. But Adam and Eve weren't in that garden for long. Before they sinned, they messed up. And fellowship with God was broken. Physical and spiritual death resulted from their rebellion. And the light and life of creation of man was replaced by darkness and death. But God wasn't finished. He had a plan from the very beginning. A plan to redeem the world and to rescue lost sinners. He would send Jesus, his only son, into the world to be Savior of the world. And after hundreds and hundreds of years of darkness, a light would shine. Not just any light, the one who was the true light, the light that brings life, the one who was the Word, who was the light, who was the life, the one we call Jesus, who is called the Christ. And this morning, I want us to explore the idea that Jesus, the one who John says is the light and life of men gives life to all who believe in 
we'll be reading from John chapter 1 and just looking at the first 14 verses, reading together and focusing mainly on verses 4 and 5 and a little bit on verse number 9. If you have been in Sunday school, these words were familiar to you from last week. They're familiar to most, but I would like for us to read them together, then we'll pray and we'll, we'll look at God's word for some time this morning. Some of the most beautiful prose you'll ever find written by John, the one who Jesus loved. Listen to the word of the Lord. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Thank you, Jesus, that you came in the flesh and lived among us. Thank you that in the face of Jesus we have seen your glory, full of both grace and truth. Thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Thank you that you are the light that shines in the darkness, bringing light to all who will receive you. And Lord, we ask you this morning to help us to understand your word, to apply it to our hearts, to transform us, that your light would shine into us and change us change us for salvation or new life, change us in repentance to turn in a new direction, to rekindle our faith, to ignite us in a passion for you. Thank you, Lord, for your word and its truth, and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you look around, you'll soon realize that people will hang Christmas lights on just about anything that doesn't move, and most things that do. Trees, bushes, houses, cars, bicycles, wagons, even pets. Millions of millions of lights are sold every year, and in recent years, people are making thousands of dollars in just a two-month period for putting up Christmas lights and taking them down for other people. Light and Christmas are a big business. You might remember last year and in 2020 with all of the, the trouble with 
the shipping and the supply chain, that there was a supposed shortage of Christmas lights, and people were having a difficulty buying Christmas lights. Well, I think I've discovered why, because estimates, and this was in 2016, that there were over 150 million strings of Christmas lights purchased in the United States alone. That's in one. That's in our country five, six years ago. And at Christmas, everybody loves lights. Clear lights, colored lights, bright lights. The more colors, the more lights, the better. And if you went around and asked just random people on the street, why do people hang lights at Christmas? What do you think they would say? Well, that's just what my family always did, maybe one person would say. They just look so pretty. Make me feel happy. Give me hope. Or somebody might say, well, you know, it's just the American thing to do. We just hang lights. But how many people do you think, well, would say, we hang lights because of Jesus. He's the light of the world. While you might not get a majority opinion, I'm sure several people along the way would agree. Now, while we're not here this morning to talk about the origin and history of the Christmas light, which it is interesting reading, but it has absolutely nothing to do with what we're talking about today. We are here to consider what the Bible says about the true light, about Jesus, that he's the source of both light and life. The light he provides overcomes darkness, and he is the light and life for men. On the back page of your bulletin, there's a brief outline for you to follow. There's just Three points there with some blanks to fill in. And the first thing is just simply this. Jesus is the source of light and life. Now, if you look at verse number four, the first part of that says, In him was life. And that him refers back to the word, which is capitalized, which John writes about the living word, or Jesus, the one who was existent before anything was created. In fact, we find in these words and in the Bible that Jesus was present and active in creation. Now, that may come as a surprise to some who think, well, wait a minute, I didn't think Jesus was Jesus until Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Mary and Joseph, that's when we got Jesus. No, Jesus was the living word present with God from the very beginning. And he wasn't just there waiting as a baby. He was ruling and reigning and being a part of Creation. In fact, the Bible is clear that everything was made through Jesus, the Word. And nothing was made without Him. So that means if you look at the boundaries of creation, everything was created by God, and Jesus had a first-hand part in that. He created all things, and all life comes through Him. And one man said this wisely, it's only because there is life in Jesus the Word, that there is life in anything that's on the earth. If you look in Colossians, one of the letters Paul wrote, he reminds us that the world was created by Jesus, the world was created for Jesus, and Jesus is the one who holds everything in the world together. That right there can be a comfort to some of you because maybe year-round, but especially during the hard times of the holidays, you may just feel like everything's about to just come apart. 
or you feel like you can't hold it together. Well, here's the good news. God never intended for you to hold it together. He's the one that holds all things together. Today, tomorrow, and throughout all eternity. And John tells us that because Jesus was present and active in creation, that he has the authority and the power to give both life and new life. Or another way you could say that is if Jesus can give physical life, he also is able to give eternal life. Because John continues in that sentence, he says, the life was the light of men. can't tell you how many times when I was typing this up that I would get those juxtaposed. I would type light when I meant light, life, and I would get typed life when I meant light, and I would go back, I was like, okay, I just wrote life two times in a row. I, I would have life and life, or light and light. And, and I started doing that, but as I did that, I, my mind was reminded that the two were so closely linked together that in John's perspective and in the perspective of the Bible, it's hard to tell them apart. Light was an important part of creation. The fact that we have a sun is very important. It brings light to us. It brings heat to us. Both are necessary for life to be possible, for this earth that we live on to be a place that we can habitate. And then also, Jesus, the one who is the Messiah, brings light and life to men. And so we mentioned earlier in the introduction that you know God spoke into darkness, let there be light. And at that point, light shined into darkness. And it illuminated or lit up everything. And as you go through the Old Testament... Light is continually a, a picture of spiritual awakening, revelation, or salvation. That the light of God's glory reveals His character in nature. Isaiah reminding us that the people who walked in darkness saw a great light. And you may hear some people from, from maybe days a little bit past speaking about the time when they were saved, when they received Jesus, that they would say, I saw the light. Or maybe you're familiar with the popular gospel song written by Hank Williams. So light and life are connected. They bring revelation. Light reveals the light of God's glory, reveals who He is, but it also highlights our greatest need. When God's holiness and glory shines, it shows us how awesome and incredible God is, and it shows us how needful, sinful, and dependent we are. But also, it shines the light of salvation to those who call on His name. It's 1143, 2022. You walk out this door, or you walk next door and you're talking to a neighbor or a friend or maybe you're sitting here and you don't know Jesus. P 
people apart from Jesus described in the Bible are dead spiritually and walking in darkness. And they have two great needs. One is for light to shine, to bring them out of the darkness, as one to deliver them from death, spiritual death, and give them eternal life. And both can be found only in one person, the person of Jesus. So listen to two testimonies. Jesus speaking about himself. One, John 12, 46. Listen to what Jesus says. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. He's the light giver. John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So through Jesus, a relationship with the Father that leads to life. The source of light and life. There's no other than Jesus that came to defeat both death and darkness. And whether you're facing it or a loved one facing it, death can be very fearful. Death is seems to be final and it appears as if it's unconquerable. And we look at the enemy of spiritual darkness and we see around us with our physical eyes, we think, well, darkness seems to be winning or prevailing. But the truth is there is a one who is the resurrection and the life who conquered death. And there is a light that will dispel, get rid of, eliminate all darkness. And the second thing I want you to see that John has for us is that the light overcomes darkness. Now, I don't know if I may still have my flashlight. I do still have my flashlight here. So, flashlight. Very simple tool. I call it a torch in England. does great um, work. Simple. Insert battery. That's about a $4 D battery, by the way. Um, let's buy them at Dollar Tree. Put the battery in, turn it on, and you get light. No one in history has ever invented a flash dark. You see, it doesn't work the other way around. You can't go into the pantry and pick up something, turn it on, and shine or make darkness happen. Why? Because light shines into dark and dispels dark. But you can't bring darkness into light and make the light turn dark again, unless you're mixing paint. point is there is a source of light that can rid us of spiritual darkness just like lighting a match or a small candle a small source of light in a room can rid the room of darkness look at verse 5 the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it translation issue here your your bible translation may say something like understood or comprehend in place of overcome. There's some question about exactly what that word means. I think you can see and understand a meaning for both. That the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not understood it because the only way people walking in darkness can understand spiritual things is for God through the Holy Spirit to reveal it to them. But also it reminds us of an important truth that even though it's dark outside, seems to get darker. Darkness 
did not win it. You see, because light and dark, there are some things we need to understand. Darkness is simply the absence of light, whether it's physical darkness or spiritual darkness. They're not equal opposites. Darkness is not equal with light, especially in the spiritual sense. The light is greater than the darkness. It shines into the darkness. And that word shines there helps us to understand that when Jesus' light shines, it brings illumination, continual illumination, into darkness. It's like having an eternal nightlight or an everlasting lighthouse that always lights the path or shows the way. But at the same time, exposing the deeds of darkness, that's why John tells us that people don't like the darkness. Because why? Because in the dark, our deeds are exposed. read something yesterday where they said, you know, no burglar, when they, when they show up at a house to rob, says, hey, can somebody turn on the lights so I could see a little better? Why? Because they're doing a dark deed and they need the cover of darkness. So darkness, a light exposes darkness, but it also lights the pathway to forgiveness and freedom, to safety. And it continues on, as you trust in the Lord Jesus, to light the way of life. And darkness will never overcome the light. Even though the light was not accepted, it was misunderstood, the light was even hated and rejected. They hated the Lord Jesus and rejected Him. As much as those things are true, nothing can stop the light of Jesus from shining. Days get darker and darker, but darkness will never win out over the light. Think about this just a second. Being being in a dark room can be a little scary. I mean, at least personally, I, I don't really like the dark too much. I, I need a little bit of light, a source to kind of let me know where things are, what to avoid, what to find. If you're left completely in the dark, you're left with doubts and what ifs, what's out there, what's not out there, questions and worries. But the moment you turn on a light, even the smallest amount, it drives the dark away. But much more than that, a physical light, when you welcome the light of Jesus into your life, there is victory. In the hymn, Joyful, Joyful, We Adore Thee, it says this, you know, just about the coming of the Lord Jesus receiving salvation. It melts the cloud of sin and sadness, drives the dark of doubt away, giver of immortal gladness, fill us with the light of day. Maybe today you, you, you're walking in the darkness. Maybe and it's not it's the darkness of sin or the darkness of sadness, and, and you feel like there's no way out. You can't see things being any different than they are right now. You need to remember this. The light always overcomes the darkness. And so when we look to the light, step out of the shadows, we find hope and we find victory.
And when we run from the light, stay in the shadows, we live in agony and defeat. But Jesus continues on in this description, or John continues on in his description of, of Jesus. We touched on it at the beginning, but just kind of maybe to, to focus in a little more, the third thing there is that he declares that Jesus is the light and life of men. He describes him there in verse 9 as the true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And by, by true, he means the genuine article, the real deal, but also the greatest and the ultimate example of. So the truest, purest, greatest light that ever existed or ever will exist is found only in Jesus. He's the, the true, genuine, ultimate revelation of God. Jesus says of himself, John 14, verse 10, if you have seen me, you've what? You've seen the Father. Hebrew tell, Hebrews chapter 1, the writer there says that Jesus is the exact imprint of his nature, both saying if you want to see what God looks like, look at Jesus. Jesus is God. And John says this true light was coming into the world. Verse 14 helps us there. We read it earlier, even though we won't touch on it much this Sunday. We'll get to it eventually. The Word became flesh and dwelt among men. That's the light of the world. Jesus stepped down from heaven, came to earth as a human being, as a baby boy who grew up as a young man into an adult, lived life as we did, experienced every temptation, every problem, every challenge, walked perfectly through life without sinning, was falsely accused, was wrongly crucified, victoriously rose to new life, ascended to heaven, and now as many as did receive him, he gives the right to become children of God. This Jesus, this living word, came into the dark, broken, evil world of men to bring light. brightness of God's love shines in Jesus. Think about that when you see light wherever they're hanging. Brightness of God's love. Let that remind you of how much God loves you that he sent Jesus, the one who is the way to salvation, points the way to life, and who is able to light the way back Father for those who have wandered. Jesus is the light. He is God. He knows God. He makes God known, the scriptures tell us, and he gives light to everyone. The light shines everywhere. Gives light to everyone. The light shining on everyone the light of men. The one who is active in creation is the author of the new creation. What was lost in the garden is regained in the person of Christ. Christmas season, we still look around and we see men and women, friends and family, neighbors, children, cousins, 
walking in darkness and death. Jesus, with love in his words and in his eyes, calls them to light and life. Verse 12, chapter 1, All who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And in John 12, 36, While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of light. I don't know about you, but the glory of Christmas isn't found in presents, a peppermint mocha, or a perfectly decorated tree. The glory of Christmas came to earth as a baby grew in wisdom and stature and favor with both God and men. He preached, he taught, he healed, he loved. He was crucified, he died, and he was buried. But he rose and will return, and Revelation tells us his face will be shining like the sun in full strength. And in heaven there will be no need for a light because God himself will be the light. Jesus, the light and life of men, gives life to all who believe in him. Don Carson, a Bible scholar, commentary writer, said this short sentence, the light shines and forces a decision. Remember earlier we talked about the fact that light shines on everyone. You can't run from it. You can try to hide in the shadows, but the light is shining there. That the truth about who God is and who Jesus is is being revealed to all of creation. And that light shines and forces a decision. Imagine yourself or imagine an animal caught in the headlights. Some animals freeze and they just look and they don't know what to do. But if you have that, at that opportunity, the light shines on you. You can either run out of the light into the darkness or you can run to the light. And so in response to what we've looked at this morning, I just want to give you three thoughts about what do we do? Do you run to the light or do you run run from the light or run away from it? I think that says the same thing both ways. I topped that wrong way. But run to the light or run from it. You can correct that. You're, you're smart people. So do you run to the light or run from it? Again, there's a decision there. Come to Jesus or reject Him. Do you hide from the light or find refuge in the light? I think we find ourselves in that position sometimes because we have such a a poor understanding of the grace and the love of God that we hide. We're ashamed of our sin, of our actions. We don't think God will love us. We think somehow God's going to judge us and zap us instead of finding refuge in the light, finding healing and cleansing. We to hide and try to hide. God knows. He's waiting to heal. He's waiting to bring refreshing and redemption. So salvation, sanctification, maybe the second if you want to think in those terms. But then the last thing is to let your light shine or hide it under a bushel. It's the option we have every day. God calls us to be witnesses. We let our light shine before men we hide it under a basket. Which means do we stay quiet when we should speak up? 
we change the way we act or what we do depending on the crowd we're in because we don't want to stick out. We don't want to seem like, you know, an oddball. Or do we let our light shine, living our lives for Jesus, the one who is the light of the world? I read the chorus last week from The Light of the World is Jesus, written by Philip Bliss. I would like to just read the first verse in the chorus again as we close. It's a reminder in song. The whole world was lost in the darkness of sin. The light of the world is Jesus. Like sunshine at noonday, His glory shone in. The light of the world is Jesus. Come to the light, His shining for thee. Come, sweetly the light has dawned upon me. Once I was blind, but now I can see. The light of the world is Jesus. Let's pray together. Jesus, we do thank you that you are the light of the world, the true light that came into the world. You are the life. You are the light. And what was said long ago is still true today, that as many as did receive him and believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And help us today as these people gathered here in your room that while the light is available, that we would believe in the light believe in the Lord Jesus and become sons of light, children of God. That we wouldn't run away from the light, but we would run to the light. We wouldn't hide, we would find refuge. That we would get past our petty fears and doubts and that we would let our light shine men and not hide it under a basket. Because just like the song says, the whole world is lost in darkness of sin, but the light of the world is Jesus. Help us to see you for who you are and help us to see in the, us, see ourselves in the light of who you say we are. That we would live for your kingdom and for your glory you would help us to do this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the worship team is gathered here. We're going to sing King Like This, singing about the coming of the light. And just three things to consider this morning. Salvation. Do you have that you know, nailed down? Do you have assurance and hope in Christ? Have you ran to the light to find light and life? Or are you running away? Are you in a place this morning, second, for God to use you? Are you ready? Or is there something you need to confess and repent of and find refuge in the light instead of hiding from the light? And thirdly, how are you doing in your obedience to his command to go and make disciples, to be his witnesses as we go, letting your light shine? morning we can nail those things down in a fresh commitment to Christ, to trust in the one who is the light and life of the world. Maybe other things you're considering may have something you need to pray about. The altar's open. Someone, you may need someone to pray with you. Maybe you've been coming for a while and God's just saying, hey, this is the place you need to park. You need to be here and serve as a member. 
see that, I would love to talk to you. There may be some other need you have, and I'll be available at the front. But I do want you to stand with us, sing with us, and as Jesus speaks, be willing to respond. So let's stand and sing. remind you of a couple of things. Well, one thing you don't know about, because I didn't tell you earlier. Um, I want to remind you about the Lottie Moon Post Office. So, if you are want would like to send Christmas cards to members of the church, um, you can do that here at the church. All you have to do is write names on them. We'll, um, some of the ladies will sort those alphabetically so you can pick them up, and they just ask for a donation of 10 cents per card, which is way cheaper than the Postal Service, and that money goes toward our Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Also, if you would like to send a Christmas card to Andy and Nita Anderson, who are in Florida, um, John and Cindy have uh, are headed that way in a short time, and they have agreed to be our delivery person. So if you want to send a card to them, um, you can either drop it in the box or give it to the office, and we'll get them to John and, and Cindy before they leave, and they'll deliver those, and you can save you know, a little bit of postage that way and make sure they get them. So if you want to send them a card. And then lastly... Um, Remind you, 6 o'clock tonight, we'll be having our church Christmas party. And so once we dismiss and sing, um, if we can do two things. One is push back chairs, these two sections, not the side sections. And in this area, set up eight rectangular tables. That would be a big help um, for tonight. So just clear these two sections and eight rectangular tables around here, and that would be a great help for us tonight. Thank you for worshiping. I'm with us this morning. Hope you have a good afternoon and look forward to seeing you back tonight. We're going to sing together, and when we start singing, um, you are free to go. So Lord bless you.